This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hello, my friends, and welcome to That's Bangin'. A podcast celebrating everything great, from farm to plate, ship to service, and field to fork. A celebration of everything tasty, fresh, and excellent that's coming off our little island at the moment. Including interviews with people who love food and people who are influencing what we eat on the island of Ireland. That's with Chris and Marcus. Marcus, how's it going? How are you? I'm good, buddy. How are you doing? I'm not too bad at all. I'm not too bad at all. We, we mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. There was a bit of a spring feel in the air, and then it got really cold again. I think it's just coming back a little bit. I think so. I mean, if you're listening right now, uh, the forecast currently is for 10 days of good weather. So by the time this comes out, we could be like, you know, in the midst of like, ooh, sunshine. Just to give a bit of context, it's 10 o'clock on a Tuesday morning. We're recording this. I walked in. It was grey. It was a bit misty. It was horrible. It was mm-hmm. cold. But the forecast is saying by 12, it's going to be sun and 14 degrees. So I've, I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt I'm fully dedicated <laughs> yeah. to actually just getting out there and and just like basking St. Patrick is looking down at us with no, his you know, uh, it's laser gonna, meme it's going to be me and the new Kerry Walrus <laughs> just like spread on a rock melting like butter on a hot scone yeah. I know we've all had bad hangovers but imagine like waking up like you know like that walrus did after like floating on uh, a bit of ice all the way across the Atlantic <laughs> yeah <laughs> Like, do, you reckon he re- do you reckon he was asleep for the whole time? I That's don't know. Do you know what I reckon? I reckon that a fungi departed <laughs> and that like there was literally a job post went up for like a new mythical Dingle County Council. We're looking for someone. <laughs> yeah. in, somewhere in Kerry, they were like, all right, okay, we've got elephant seals. No, too aggressive. We've got, <laughs> what have we got? We've got wolf eels. No, they could bite a, a man's head in half 10 hours after they died. All right. Larry the Walrus, get up here. <laughs> Larry, I love the way we have, we have a name for Larry. This is Larry. <laughs> uh, so usually we talk about what we've eaten this week, and uh, I'll fly far away, Marcus. What, what has been on the menu for you this week? I've eaten a couple of good things. Um, I made some moho pork, Ooh. which was delicious. I don't know if you've seen the movie Chef. Um, so I made a... It was my girlfriend's birthday, so I made a big slow-cooked pork shoulder for, for her housemates. <laughs> Um, and then I've been extensively testing the Ambo Burger. Oh yeah, I'm excited. To, I'm excited to taste the Ambo Burger. I'm excited to feed it to you. It's something that uh, <laughs> that's going well. It's our first our first foray into our evening menu. Nice. Um, so basically, yeah, I had to taste test probably fifty different smash burgers. Different. Yeah. So you're going with the smash technique. Yeah. Going with the smash technique. Just really good quality meat from Midlocklands. Oh yeah. Um, and then just kind of there's a there's a couple of little secrets in there yeah. that you know are a bit chefy that I'm not going to reveal. Yeah, because then, then it wouldn't be your burger. Then it wouldn't be my burger. Then <laughs> there'd be like a Macambo popping up. <laughs> Macambo. Yeah, exactly. So, but no, that's been good. And what else have I eaten? There? Oh, do you know what? I Shout out to one of the OGs, Passion for Food. Oh, yeah. Man. Passion oh, yeah. for Food kebabs. Proper, I proper kebabs. I like, when you bite into a kebab, and first of all, the, like we've talked about kebabs a lot on this show, but like <laughs> when you come across an olive, and it's just this little briny salinity that cuts through everything, <laughs> And you know you're you're eating it in bed because you're a bit <laughs> like you're a bit hungover, you're a bit tired, or you're just you're just done with the year, you know. Yeah. What's your thought against a rolled kebab versus the open plate? Ah. Uh, see, I'm I'm I I'd, I'd go open plate because yeah. then you almost get a second treat with all the bread that's oh, soaked yeah, in all yeah, the yeah, it's just moist and soaked. Yeah. yeah. What have you eaten this week? I've eaten really well, as usual. <laughs> um, I took a trip into Sofuso. It's in the Italian Quarter, so I think it's the same guys that uh, have the like, Wallace's um, Tavern and Wallace's Asti, okay. Italian restaurants. Um, and they wore a restaurant. They'd only opened up last year. They were doing, like, um, you know, sliced uh, sliced salumis and wines uh, by the glass. Really, really cool place. Like, could have fit in anywhere, like, in Europe. And uh, obviously now they've had to adapt and they've turned into uh, basically just, you know, really good Italian store, like, you know, like we've talked about before in the show. Uh, but they've over 200 Italian wines and nice. uh, their, their counter, they have a Whopper Salumi counter. Like, I got some Whopper Mortadella and Coppa. And then just their ready meals was what really blew me away. Because you're going in, you're just seeing these slices of lasagna, slice of vegetarian parmigiana. And I got one of everything. And uh, <laughs> I got one of everything. Of course I did. Of course I did. But like I was actually blown away by the quality that just like heated back up and then just amazing. One thing I actually wanted to ask you about was when you're making a lasagna, many layers of pasta do you use? Because the vegetarian lasagna I had in there, it was like, it was phenomenal. But it was literally just like, like a book. I w- it was I w- incredible. I, like I would aim to have a minimum of like maybe five pasta layers. Yeah. It depends if I'm making my own pasta or if I'm using. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, shout out to, shout out to Luca. He's yeah. making some amazing like thinner 
yeah. uh, lasagna sheets. This that, was super thin. It was super nice now, I have to say. But you know, I, I think that like lasagna... When it isn't like the pasta in it isn't my priority. Mm-mm. It's the it's the sauces, the ragu, is that it got yeah, little yeah. bit of yeah. little Ma- bit of bechamel. Yeah, Matteo <laughs> in um, Sfuso. Is it, I'm hoping I'm saying that correctly. Fuso, Sfuso, Fuso, Fuso. Si, italiano, Cristo. Yeah, no, si. no. Si, no. <laughs> si. But um, yeah, no. Matteo, who was the chef in there, was telling me that uh, the lasagna was like it's a generational um, recipe passed down. He's from Bale- uh, from up by Lake Como, I think, and he was telling me that was a grandmother and the grandmothers before that so, like, you love to hear those like generational recipes just amazing the grandmother amazing. with the mattarello <laughs> pushing the thing the mattarello is like the big pasta rolling oh, yeah, pin yeah, 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 yeah. oh my god fantastic, fantastic if you don't follow an Instagram account called pasta grannies pasta grannies you are absolutely you're, you are <laughs> in, missing out so much do you follow the pasta queen ingredients yes I do yeah. <laughs> she's brilliant she's amazing. brilliant and uh one other thing that I actually uh, got out of bed and queued for this weekend, which is very unlike me, was uh, Alta, which is one of my favorite restaurants going, have um, adapted again into doing uh, their bakery on a Saturday. So I drove past last weekend and the queue was up around the corner and down the street and I just wasn't prepared. I was like, no, can't do it. I just kept on driving. But I got up this weekend and I was in there for half nine, opened at 10. And when I joined the queue, it was probably, you know, Good bit down past on a Crescenzi, like. Yeah. But the time I, but now don't get me wrong. When it opened, it moves pretty fast. It moves so, quickly. So I was there for half nine. I was in there by probably ten past ten. But when I was going in, then I looked back down. Is it South Frederick Street? Yeah. And uh, you know the queue was down around the corner back. Listen, on man, I'll Street. tell you. I'll tell you something. Irish people love, love to queue. queue. Like love honestly, queue. like they'll just join a queue randomly. They don't want to. You ever seen somebody giving out free samples? <laughs> I swear to God, yeah. it's like the world's yeah. slowest relay race. Just like. <laughs> Hundreds of people waiting for a taste of ham. <laughs> just, just, good, just, good, good, good ham. But honestly, I've seen, I saw pictures that you put up of the Alta Bakery stuff. Oh, and, oh, insane, insane. oh like just obviously when you're in the restaurant, you get that you get the sourdough with the shiitake miso butter, and that's their kind of star of the show, I think. And uh, they're selling that by the jar, and I was just like, oh, give me, give me, give me, give me, amazing. Mm. But uh, also, like you know, another dish I've had in the restaurant is the, the kunaman. Um, the Queen uh, Amon. Queen Amon. The Queen yeah. Amon. And um, they do that with um, this, it's a pear and tonka bean, um, namlaka. Nam, oh namlaka. Is yeah, that right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, just dipping that in there. Most luxurious thing you'll ever eat in your life, but uh, absolutely incredible. And then these donuts. These donuts are insane. There's a creme brulee one, which like has a, like a hard casing on the outside, like a creme brulee, and then just this mustard, or sorry, custardy. Um, <laughs> mustard would be mustardy. a big thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, custardy cream on the inside, beautiful. And then like the one that I really loved was um, it was a smoked strawberry and um, mascarpone. So it's like, now, I, and Alta will kill me for saying this, but it reminded me when I lived in London, you go into Iceland and you get these donuts, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. No, come here, no. It's a, it's a visual, it's a visual aid, not, a, not an actual comparison, right? Yeah. A visual aid, not a comparison. But I got used to get these donuts in Iceland, and I loved them, but they were like cream and strawberry in the middle. But like, now, they're nothing like that, but they just kind of looked a bit like it. But when you cut them open, uh, like you have the outer lining of like the smoked strawberries and then just this mental creamy mascarpone in the middle. It was, it was like stunning. There's actually, a, there's a picture on my Instagram that's just blown away, but Alta, absolutely amazing. So if you're going in this weekend, get in early. All those wonderful baked goods lead us perfectly into this week's guest, who is a multi-award winning pastry chef. She has worked in some of the country's best kitchens, including Michelin two-star restaurant Patrick Gibo, as well as a weekly contributor to the Irish Times. She is currently completing her master's degree in UCD. Eva Noonan, welcome to That's Banging. Yay. Woo, Eva Noonan, you! Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks Hello. so much for having me on. Thank Absolute you for pleasure, yeah. Eva, it's, it's so good to see you. It's yeah, been a while. Yeah, you too. Yeah. I see you totting about town the odd yeah, time. Yeah, the like... odd time. In the same way that, like, you know, we're kind of, like, all the all the foodie people are kind of around town just generally congregating around Fallon and Burn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. In the same area, just, just like... Just, like, giving each other... Shadows, like... so right, yeah. Jury, just, jury Street, Exchequer Street, you're all just bumping into people. It's just, Asia <gasps> Market, Fallon and Burn, yeah. Loose Cannon, everyone just around there just looking into people's <laughs> baskets being like what the fuck what are <laughs> you cooking today yeah and I think one of the last times we properly saw each other was Taste of Dublin yeah and yeah. actually so weird you know those memories that pop up on mm. your phone I actually a memory popped up yesterday and it was us at Taste of Dublin I need to show you. It was no way. Yeah, it was also Taste of Dublin. I think it was 2017, but I had just done a demo, and was it your demo with the <laughs> yeah. the meringue? 
No way. <laughs> nice. Like, look at that hair. We'll get this. Uh, we'll get this onto yeah. the Dustbang and Instagram. You yeah. can see. Definitely. You can see what the passage of time because does to Marcus. You emceed. You emceed my demos yeah. for a few years, actually, wasn't it? Yeah. Um. But yeah, we haven't seen or spoken to no, each other properly for a while. Keeping? Are you keeping well? I'm great. Yeah, I'm really well. Yeah. Amazing following what you've been doing on, online. Obviously, for. Everyone involved in the food game the last year has been a bit of an upset, but yeah. I mean, you've been, you've been killing it by the looks of things. Yeah. Uh, well, like I think we're all just trying to adapt and get on and like, you know, just do what we can. Like I've been lucky, obviously. Well, I've been lucky to have um, you know different opportunities with different brands and stuff, and I'm I'm studying as well. So like I am busy, but I mean, I mean we're all sick of it now at this point, aren't we? Like, <laughs> Absolutely like so. you know incredibly cooked with this cooked. shit. Aiva's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, after bringing us a lovely a lovely little bag over there I can see. <laughs> do you know what this is this is actually a the first bag. time the first time that any guest well do you know I can't imagine what any any other guest would have brought like <laughs> I think Andy Newman said he had hot sauce for us but I never got it. Yeah. <laughs> Boo <laughs> Boo Andy <laughs> Niall Sabangi just smashes down a monkfish on the table. <laughs> Yeah. Here's that, what I got, boys. Yeah, there you go. So guests, just for future reference, bring gifts. Yeah, no, I had I was testing um some cookies for a shoot, so I like my housemates are sick of seeing cakes everywhere, mm-hmm. if I'm honest. Can I apply so I was, to the <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I just have a few little little breakfast cookies for you guys there. Cookies were kind of the first thing that I learned how to bake. Were they like is that one of the starting blocks for you, would you say? Yeah, like I did home ec in school and I remember it was just absolute carnage. Like it was just a mess. I think it was like, you know, those coconut buns that I think like your granny used to make, but they were just rock hard and like inedible and you'd just be there throwing them at the boys. Like, you know, <laughs> like, um, but yeah, cookies are obviously like quite an easy thing to make. What do you they? think of the current cookie craze? And like I was saying the other day, cookies are the new donuts. As in, everyone's doing them now at the moment. Everywhere you yeah. look, there's like someone else doing cookies. A lot of people selling like cookie kits at home or selling cookie yeah, dough yeah. that you can just throw onto a baking yeah, sheet. Yeah, just a slab of cookie dough, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Like, I mean, just do it yourself. Like, it's just a few bits and bobs yeah, in a bowl. It's like, you know, those pancake mixes. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, just add water. Or like, it's like, what? <laughs> it's like, only just, 200 degrees. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, what a scam. Okay, so as we mentioned, Tato are our wonderful sponsors and Tato have a few new flavors out. So we are finally going to taste them on air. Marcus, are you ready for some Philly cheesesteak and some beef brisket? I've never been more ready for anything in my goddamn life, Chris. <laughs> and we're going to get the pastry chef extraordinaire baker. Aoife Noonan to give us her thoughts on Aoife first up beef brisket wonderful aroma pretty beefy pretty mm. beefy nice Sick. crunch salty <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay, are we getting a good crunch into the microphone here now oh that was good crunch factor is so important like <laughs> if you're not crunching we're not lunching <laughs> mm, that is actually that is a genuinely delicious crisp this, so mmm I'd say that's quite beefy, yeah. So like, you're you're getting pronounced beef flavor on that. Really delicious crisp, not lacking at all. But it is. We love beef brisket tail. But it's also suitable for vegetarians. So I mean, yeah. Like, do you know if you're if you're a vegetarian and you still crave meat, you can just have a little beef brisket experience. Absolutely. Or you can can have yourself a Philly cheesesteak experience. So let's try these out. Thank you. Again mm. with the, I'm going for the. Oh, that was good. Mm. Oh, I, I like these better. Mm. Oh, it's very good as well. Mm. These are my mm. favourite. Two wonderful flavours. You definitely get the cheesy bit. Mm-hmm. Like, the cheesiness. They're cheesy, but they're not like dirty Super harsh. to cheesy. Yeah. yeah, like they're nice, really nice. Dirty. Anyway, these are two limited edition flavours from Tato. Inspired by Daddy Sandwiches. They're absolutely beautiful. They're available in shops now. You should get them because mm. they will improve your day. Limited edition. So get out and check them out now. Before we kind of talk about, like, where did you start in baking? Because obviously um, going from throwing coconut buns at boys to saying that's ah, just a few bits and bobs in a bowl while being seen clearly as one of the best bakers in the country that's very kind Marcus thank no, you it's, it's true you know it's like where did it all start for you um, well I think in school it was either food or music actually for me I used to play bass guitar actually no way. yeah which a lot of people don't know you used to yeah, I mean it's up in the attic, but like I haven't, got, I haven't like gotten it down in a while. But yeah, it was either food or music for me, and I did home ec, and I was like, oh, you know, you know, when you're 17, you're like, I don't know what I want to do yeah. for the rest yeah. of my life. Like, yeah. so I put culinary arts down on my mm-hmm. CAO. It was my first choice. I got the points, even though I got a D in home ec. Am I leaving, sir? No way. I know, like controversial. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> that's not been out. Con- 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 <laughs> conveniently struck off every CV you've had to put into yeah. a restaurant. Yeah, but like... You're making up for it by doing a master's. <laughs> yeah, no, but it was like, I yeah, I just kind of... I don't want to say I fell into it, but like I used to love... I mean, just watching those cooking shows, like, you mm. know, you get your toy kitchen when you're a few years old. And I was, I just loved it. Like my, my parents were like, they did cook, but my dad was like quite fussy. My sister and brother are quite fussy with mm. food. So it's not like I grew up with like all these amazing kind of dinners. Like, um, but yeah, I did culinary arts. And I remember the first day, like the lecture went around the class and was like, why are you here? And everyone was like, to be a chef, to be a chef, to be a chef. And I was like, to be a chef. Like, yeah. I, I, I was kind of like, I don't know. Yeah. And like, we did placements and stuff and mm. it was it was obviously my first kind of foray into a professional kitchen and I was like this is not for me like <laughs> yeah. this is weird like I don't like this like it was just intense it was it was I was so out of my comfort zone it just didn't appeal to me and even like we were given opportunities to do placements in Michelin kitchens and I was like no I'm I'm not good enough for that like right. absolutely not and I think you I just kind of floated along in college for a while mm-hmm. and then in I think in our yeah third and fourth year you specialize in something it's either hot kitchen or pastry and and I was actually better at Hot Kitchen and that's why I chose Pastry to specialise in because I wanted to be like like really good at the boat. A solid all-rounder, yeah. Yeah, which is a bit, I don't know, but like we, we in our pastry classes we just made like wedding cakes and like castles out of sugar and stuff <laughs> and like nothing that really prepares you for mm. like, yeah, yeah. you know, professional kitchens. Um, okay. So it wasn't until I kind of left college and I was working in a few random p- places like, um, and then I, I started working in, in Gibos, I suppose, and that's where it kicked off really. So how do you go from kind of leaving college, working in a few random places, thinking you're not good, lo- good enough to work in Michelin hmm. and then suddenly stumbling into a two-star? Yeah. Well, I met the head chef on a night out. Um, <laughs> networking, networking. Yeah, no, I mean, it was, I, I knew a guy in, in my class had, uh, had was working in Gibos at the time. Mm-hmm. And he, so after we had graduated, we like stayed in touch. And he um, he said, yeah, why, why don't, sorry, we were out one night and the head mm. chef from Gibos was there. And he said, um, I'd seen him on MasterChef and I was like, oh my God, like he's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, my friend Owen was like, oh, like, come on, I'll introduce you. And I was like, no, like, and you know, when you're on a night out, you're like yeah. chatting to everyone. So yeah. I was like, oh my God, you're amazing. And like, I saw you on TV. And he's just like, where do you work? What do you do? I was like, oh, I work next door in, uh, I was working in Bang at the time. Okay. Right. And um, yeah, on pastry. And he was like, um, are you looking for a job? And I was like, no. <laughs> and he said, well, I'm looking for a pastry chef in January. This was like the week before Christmas or right, something, okay. two weeks before Christmas. He was like, I'm looking for a pastry chef in January. Like, you know, right. uh, this is the salary. These are the hours. Here, and here's a Jaeger bomb. Here's, <laughs> and here's a Jaeger. Here's my number. And he said, if you want to come and do a trial, give me a call. Like, if wow. not, I won't push you. But you know, the opportunity is there. And I remember, I was living at home at the time and I remember going home and I was like, made this little pros and cons list. And I was like, <laughs> what am I going to do? Like, yeah. And and I just what thought, age were you at this point? Like this? I was 22, 23. Oh my God. Fresh out of college, 23. Fresh. Work, fresh. Working in buying. Super fresh. Like, yeah, it was, I, I was kind of like, do you know what? This isn't a coincidence. Like this yeah. is just, mm. well, it, it was obviously, but I was like, this is not, mm. I just need, I need to do this. I need to do it. Right. And I went in, I had my trial and I remember like crying and it was just like, I'm not saying it was like really awful or anything. It was just really overwhelming for me. You know, I went from never working in Michelin to doing a trial in two star. And I remember yeah. going in and seeing them all um, in their white aprons, like super crisp, really clean, like no one spoke. Everyone was so focused and it was a focus I had never seen. Right. Like it was just this insane like atmosphere, kind of. atmosphere. And I was like right let's go Okay. and I remember you know the chef took me to the, to the top of the pass and he was like you know your knife skills are crap and I was like yeah I know <laughs> I was like we chef like <laughs> I was like I couldn't cut a cube of fruit like and you know it was just like I was panicking like mm. and then he I don't know I must have done something right because he offered me the job and I, st- I started then from, from there and right. yeah so oh. for someone that's uh, a pastry chef in a two star Michelin restaurant um like how much work is on your plate, pun intended? Uh, like you're making desserts, but then like you're making bread, you're making mm-hmm. butters, you're making everything to go with it. You're talking about fruit. So like what? where does the, the book stop with you with the pastry chef? Well, I suppose in Patrick Ebo's, it was, it, was, it was a lot. Like there was maybe three of us on pastry, two of us, sorry, on mm. pastry at the start, which is really small team. Mm. The kitchen is huge. Um, I mean, we were making six breads a day, twice a day. So six wow. for lunch, six mm. for dinner, and like different bread. Bread made fresh for each service. 
bread fresh for each service. Wow. Six petty fours per service per person. I remember first time I ate Gibos, I had a petty four that you made. It was like, did you? Yeah, it was like um, a, a, kind of a, I think it was a violet lollipop. lollipop. Yeah. Oh, that was a buzz. That was um, like strawberry and violet. Yeah, I think I like, had that as well. Like, like, <laughs> like liquid filled? Yeah. Um, was it filled yeah. with like a kirsch or something? No, or? it was like a strawberry puree and yeah. then it was frozen with the other half was like a yogurt mousse and then mm. when you let it defrost this, the puree like um, obviously defrosted yeah, and then yeah. when you bit into it it was like this liquid explosion uh, of like strawberry and violet so the amount of work to go into each petty four alone like yeah I mean it was a lot of work it was really intense it was it was a shock like it was it was hard so six breads six petty fours then there was then. say lunch menu two uh, two desserts for lunch menu which changed pretty much like every week or every two weeks then a la carte menu which was maybe six desserts um, and then pre-dessert yeah <laughs> um, cheese mm. um, you, yeah you like were, you were on truffles cheese as well? no sorry actually we weren't on cheese the starters looked after the cheese but we kind of um, we like once you're kind of uh in the kitchen like you mm. know you jump on and you kind of, of help course, whoever yeah. but like it was very it was very full on there was a lot and everything is so methodical and you know everything is timed how, how long is your day there um i used to start at maybe like you know they'd say a nine a, nine o'clock start but like if you weren't there at 20 past eight like you'd get this glare like you know <laughs> so you go in maybe quarter past eight 20 past eight and then because we were on pastry we didn't mm. um like the lunch service kind of went like ran long or whatever so we were sending desserts till maybe three o'clock. I remember um, a celebrity uh, came in and we just didn't get a break that day. He was like, I just want uh, lunch at, you know, three o'clock. And it was like, okay, well, you know, it's... Such and such. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I knew, I knew. So, um, I knew it and you too did know that. <laughs> but it's just kind of like, you just do what I, you just do it. And then... Um, so you might not get a break yeah. for the whole day and then you go into di- prepping for dinner service. So we started breads for dinner at half four. They're cooked at six. Dinner starts at seven. Um, so I wouldn't, uh, on pastry, like you'd be sending last desserts. Like some some nights it was like half 12, one. Maybe, no, sorry, later than that even, I remember, because one day we were in the absolute, like... You can say it. Shitters. And, yeah. <laughs> and Shitters. Um, yeah. we had to do, we ran out of mise en place and we had to do prep like no, after what? service oh, one night, which the was worst. just the, the worst because you cleaned down, everyone's gone home and you're there starting again. Like, and you, all you want to do is just go home, you know, and ha- go to sleep. Like, um, so it was long, like, yeah, a long day. Like, that's, yeah, that, it's just like, do you know what? I think having talked to a few of our guests who've worked Michelin, yeah, it is such a different like just different everything yeah. to like any any experience of kitchens that Chris or I might have or even like talking to other chefs it's just like it's this military th- vocational thing that, that you really have to want it you know so yeah. Like, yeah and yeah. I think then I was just kind of like I need to give this a go mm. like I said I'd give myself a month which is no time <laughs> at all like I mean the first month was really hard I, I used to cry every day yeah. like I was like I'm just quite an emotional person like and I just took things really personally mm. like that I couldn't do I couldn't do what these other guys could do and I was kind of getting drilled for it and I was just like I don't know what to do Yeah. but then I ended up staying like after a year the, the guy the other chef who I was working with left so the head chef said to me, do you want the head pastry chef job? And I was like, no, like, I can't do that. Like, but he said, yes, you can. Like, yes, you can. Mm-hmm. And then I stayed for another two years, three years. Uh, yeah. So I was there maybe three and a half altogether. But That's it was, sweet. yeah, it was intense. Like, I suppose going into that, that kind of kitchen at the start and doing, like, if you're not used to doing these 14, 15 hour days, of course, you're going to be emotional. It's going to be really tough going. Mm. And I suppose, like, would, would it be something you'd be really interested in going back to then? I don't know. I think knowing what I know now. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean, I think I'll, I, I, like deep down, I'll always have that kind of like drive and like, you know, if you go in and you're, you know, you're doing a full day and you, you have to do a service, it's mm-hmm. it's just part of it. It's just part of the job. And like you don't look at it as a nine to five, you go in and you do the job, basically. Well, that's yeah. it. Like, and obviously the rest, you know, it's, you don't really have a work-life balance. Like, you know, mm-hmm. lots of other things suffer and, but at the time I was I was really invested yeah and I like yeah definitely yeah and just like the thing that you said that like the desserts changed every week or two um like, yeah what? for lunch lunch menu was was always changing which yeah. was exciting um but I mean it had to be perfect it had to be two star like yeah where do you get the time to actually sit down and go okay this is these are my ideas these are my yeah. visual ideas because like so something that I've always kind of admired about your work is that 
I remember even once there was, you know, this meringue that had a, ga- a kind of a red gingham pattern on it. Oh, like yeah. it was kind of, a, but like the a picnic per- blanket, the, pr- yeah. the picnic yeah. blanket, yeah. or like even um, with at Taste of Dublin, we did a demo together. Yeah, and it was this semi dehydrated kind of meringue shell that was like <laughs> marshmallow in the inside almost, and just cr- it was incredible. Like just, did you taste that? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I did the demo with you. <laughs> yeah. Like, sorry, you're not having any more yeah. <laughs> I was on stage. Yeah. I think oh, it was yeah, with yeah. like rose. Um, yeah, rose, rose and raspberry yeah, rose tapioca. And rose, yeah. yeah. It was just like these incredible, incredible techniques and flavor combinations mm. that just like, where do you get the time? Especially when suddenly you're put into a head position where yeah. you're not being mentored by someone necessarily. Like you just have to create this yourself like where was your inspiration coming from? I know like I mean it didn't just come out of thin air like Um, obviously my head chef was you know he had so many years of experience and Mm. we'd chat about dishes together and he'd say like do something with strawberries and you know I would plate up something and he would say well what if you do it with this you know and that's kind of how it started and it got me thinking about different flavours and different textures and obviously Mm -hmm. from there like learning different techniques and it is kind of like learning yourself a little bit Mm. but I mean I learned a lot from him, yeah. Yeah. So then post Givos. Yeah. post Givos. Oh, yeah. Um, post Givos. John Farrell. Yes. So I was there. I was in Givos like a, a good while and it was, I got, I, it was like really hard at the start. I kind of was getting into it. And then at the end, I was kind of just like, I got approached by Carl Whelan, mm-hmm. who was um, executive chef of Luna and SMS at the time. Yeah. And he said, we're looking for an executive pastry chef to like, basically be like group pastry chef for all of John's restaurants. Right. So that was like SMS, Dillinger's, um, 777 yeah. and Luna. And, um, you know, he we had a chat and I just said, okay, well, this is like so different. He said, this mm. is a new role. Like we don't have pastry chefs in our restaurants, yeah. but we want to up our pastry game. So this seems like, you know, yeah. the the kind of right idea. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, it kind of came at a good time and I felt like I had a chat with my head chef and Kibos and I just... You know, it, it just seemed like I'd done what I kind of wanted to do and I, I suppose, achieved what I wanted to do. I'd, like, I'd done competitions in Gibos and, mm-hmm. like, lots of other things, got lots of opportunities from working there. So I felt like I need a new sort of challenge, you know. So then yeah. that's when I went to Luna, yeah. Mm. I'm a big admirer of John and all of his restaurants. And we, we, we've actually ate in the Butcher's Grill there recently. We did, yeah. yeah. Um, when, when, we, when we could. When we yeah. could, when we could. But uh, I suppose, like, when you're working for a group like that, each restaurant is quite different, so you'd be looking at different desserts for different ones, different pastries. What was your probably your favourite restaurant in the group to work with? Would have been Luna because it was kind of that higher standard? Yeah, and I was probably based in Luna. Mm. Like, that's where I kind of worked. And, you know, if they needed a chef, I'd just do the service. Like, mm. it, was, it was more like I kind of stepped back and I, 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 had, I wasn't kind of doing, like, service hours. Yeah. Mm. Um, more like a development of dishes and desserts and stuff. So I suppose, like, Luna was... Yeah, each restaurant is very different in its mm. own right. I mean, seven, seven, seven. Like, what desserts are you going to do? Like for the contemporary Mexican, Frozen like margaritas. yeah, like, <laughs> like what a churro coming out of it. <laughs> so it was challenging. Like, obviously, they're all mm. so different with their own characters. Um, and that was that was kind of yeah, that was hard. But um, Luna, I suppose, was the one that I suppose I put put most of my my kind of time into um, and yeah like we had this dessert trolley that um, I, I mean the dessert trolley like yeah. the he, uniforms of the staff as well what was it the yeah. old Louis Cop- Copeland uniform yeah. or something like that was it yeah mm. no it was mm. it you step in there and it's like this weird like and wonderful like atmosphere and yeah. Hugh Higgins was the yeah. um, head chef at the yeah. time Shout he was an amazing Hugh. chef go on yeah. Hugh and yes exactly Sunday, yeah. yeah and he's amazing and he he kind of would just have these weird ideas. Like, he'd be mm. like, can we just do this with like dry ice and this and this and this? And I'd be like, okay. So, you know, <laughs> I remember once we had this like, this weird, like, but Carl was the same. Yeah. And the two of them together were just like, you um, know, all that, these like, kind just... of crazy ideas. Like, <laughs> yeah. but it was great because yeah. it was things that I would never even think of. Yeah. Like we, I remember once we, so we had this dessert trolley that after dinner or whatever, you, you know, you mm-hmm. get this little trolley and you've got whatever amount of desserts on it. And I remember we, we kind of like, we were like, let's make this like really nice, tasty coffee, um, like coffee and oh god, what else was on it? Like chocolate coffee, um, vanilla dessert, right? But it had all these like a million different elements. It had like this like 
coffee um, rum, like caramel syrup. It had this like little brownie sponge, like a vanilla foam, this like frozen coffee parfait ball covered oh in black God. sesame seeds that was in a chest, a golden chest <laughs> that they open at the table and pour coffee on. And there's all this dry ice come okay, out. Like, this, that went from being like... It was insane. It went like, from being a neat little plate yeah, to like yeah. literally a Las Vegas show. Yeah. That sounds... Yeah. Yeah, I, there was bells and... Like it was a serious like... Um, I that's, mean, that's what it was. It was theatre, wasn't it? Yeah, that's the whole point. It sounds like a bit of crack as well, though. You know, it's it like, was. I think pastry is something that you can really... There is an element of surprise in theatre and magic. Oh, there's it. so much playfulness. And I think that's why I really, really like it. Like, it's, you know, you can kind of do things that people don't expect mm. um, and, you know, make it fun. Like, but yeah, yeah, I think so. That's a... Mm. Uh, yeah, just anything with dry ice. Just <laughs> I think dry ice is making a comeback. It got a bit overused there for a while. Yeah, yeah. And but now, the, I mean, this was maybe 2015, 2016. Yeah, yeah. So this was like... Peak dry ice. Time. Peak dry ice. <laughs> <laughs> we were on point. Uh, so then after Leona and after John Farrell, then you, you moved into Glover's Alley. So was yeah. that interesting then? Because you were, you were there at the very start. So did you really enjoy the process of setting up the kitchen and working with Andy McFadden then to kind of like, probably de- like you developed the dishes from the start, to develop the menu from the start, kind of a yeah. different kind of role from the start? Yeah, like, I mean, Andy got in touch with me and he said, I'm setting up a restaurant and um, I was happy where I was at the time. So I said, like, I'm not looking for a chef job. Um, mm. And, you know, I, I'm, I knew he wanted to go for a Michelin star, like he had, had a star in London and mm-hmm. that was his standard. Like, that's what he was coming over to kind of do. Um, but I said, I don't want to work in that atmosphere anymore. Like, not that it was a bad atmosphere. I just I, I was kind of like I was on a different path and I was like, I want to yeah. explore that a bit mm. more. But then over time, like, you know, he said to me, well, what do I need to set up a pa- like a pastry kitchen? Mm. And, you know, I went in there and we ended up like building this pastry section on its own. Like it, it was like the pot wash that tur- turned into the pastry section. It was outside the main kitchen. Like it was this whole massive thing. He was like, what, um, what like appliances do you need? Do you need a Carpegiani ice cream machine? I was like, absolutely. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yes, I do, Andy. I need the newest Paco Jet yeah, and the newest Thermomix yeah. and I need this and this and this. And um, while you're at it, and he was like, yeah, just whatever you think. Like, what do you think yeah. we need? It was the dream pastry kitchen. Yeah, though. so we really set it up and it was, it was um, we did a few trials like, um, for a few weeks we got the team and um, yeah started developing dishes um, and that was kind of that was interesting to see it kind of start off and we had the launch and um, yeah and I, I was it was different I, sorry I had said to him once I kind of like once I was kind of in it I was like you know setting up the kitchen and stuff I was like okay like you yeah. know maybe I'm, I'm invested now like I'll come on board <laughs> yeah. like you know yeah, um, yeah. I don't want to leave <laughs> no and it was exciting yeah, it was yeah. new it was exciting um, yeah and it was it was it was kind of more a taste of like that fine dining experience. Um, so, mm. but were you under as much pressure like then doing all the same hours that you would have done when you were a junior in Gibos at the start? Um, yeah, I mean, like we did the same hours. I think, like when you're in that kind of environment, like everyone, well, everyone worked the same hours. Like mm. nobody had days. Like sorry, no one had random days off. There was no roster, for example. Like mm. um, everyone worked, say Tuesday, Saturday. Yeah, everyone yeah. worked the same hours. So. Mm. Um, yeah, no, I was there there the whole time. Yeah, like, you know. Yeah. So I suppose leaving there, then that's when you decided to go back to college. Um, no, like I don't want to say I had a mental breakdown, but like <laughs> um, I kind of decided that maybe f- like working in professional kitchens was like not done, but I didn't want to kind of just put the kind of like close the door on it or say, "Oh, well, that's that, I'm yeah. done." But I kind of wanted to do something else. I said, "I want to learn something." I'm not mm. like learning. Um, anything yeah. else and I want to do something else and I mean I could have gone like as a chef to say London or France or yeah. whatever and I have but um, you know I wasn't like chasing that like mm. oh like Michelin star standard um, just exploring you a different know? avenue then yeah so what, yeah. Do you do, what are you doing your masters in? Um, so the masters is in nutrition which is um, a bit like Ironic, considering I feed people sugar for a living. <laughs> yeah. But like, um, well, the whole thing, I left the kitchen and I tried a few different things. I was not working at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it was the first time I'd kind of just said, I'm going to like have no plan for once. Mm-hmm. And that was like weird for me because I'd come out of college and just worked literally 11 years straight in kitchens with yeah. no time off or whatever or, you know, traveling really. Um, so I decided to, yeah, go traveling. I went to Asia for a few months uh, by myself and 
that was pretty cool um, and came back I, I don't want to say like I found myself like such a cliche but like I did got like I did kind of gain a lot of clarity and mm. um, I said like yeah I miss that kind of learning aspect of like pushing myself in mm. a different way really like, focused you yeah yeah so I was doing I was doing a bit of work with like um, a few other brands like Avonmore yeah. um, I was working with they launched a professional cream in, in China Ooh. yeah so I was like they're, they're the face of the cream over there those um, good Irish cows that's it, it. in China so, so you were going yeah I went to China like, <laughs> Avonmore billboard yeah my face was on this big thing and they like all these people were like getting pictures with me and it was like <laughs> it was really like Brilliant. crazy like but it was more just it was using this cream to develop like desserts and it, because it was for a professional um, audience, it was for mm. bakeries and pastry shops in China. Like okay. dairy, yeah. dairy, Irish dairy over there is huge. Like, yeah. and I'd, I'd right. never been to China, but um, yeah, it was more like developing desserts that were like fine dining, like patisserie, like Asian kind of um, pastry. Is like, well, they, they, Asian pastry they is take, like it's but, insane the, just the level of detail. Yeah, but mm. they also take. Um, a lot of inspiration from like Europe and mm. French patisserie mm. and really like, you know, yeah. that kind of fine dining. So it was developing desserts that were, that had that detail and that had that kind of like little, you know, those delicate touches. So that mm. kind of was. When using the Irish da- dairy. Yeah. To be mm. fair, Irish dairy, like it's something that like, I think doesn't get to- spoken about enough. Yeah, they- well, we have the best beef and then obviously the best beef make the best milk and then obviously Irish butter is like, you know, it's untouchable. It's just the quality of the ingredients we have here. Like, it's mm. only when you go to other countries and you see these like weird anemic white eggs mm. and see, <laughs> yeah, this butter that is also white <laughs> and like all this kind of like... And not salted. Yeah. Mm. Oh my God, what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> what's the what's the point? How boring is that? Like, get away from me with, get your, away. with your shite butter. <laughs> like, honestly, like just good... Salted butter. Yeah. I will say that the French do a good salted butter. Yes. As well. Like really, you go to Brittany, you go anywhere. That's it. Oh, around the Mont Saint-Michel. <laughs> <laughs> just spreading butter on my croissant. Marcus <laughs> often goes off in a little French time. Oh, yeah. That's great. <laughs> oh, it's just a, like, I miss it. I miss France. Yeah. Yeah, genuinely. I miss just a baguette. with A, bit of <laughs> a real baguette. A real baguette with a bit of ham and yeah. butter. A jambon beurre is like... It is in the god tier of sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Let's talk awards, Aoife. All right. <laughs> Let's talk awards. Sure. Um, patisserie champion, pastry chef of the year. Yeah. Uh, first of all, where, where, you know, when you go, when you apply to be in a competition to be a patisserie champion, how does that come about? Um, well, I was in Gibo's at the time and my head chef said, are you doing this competition? <laughs> and I was like, okay. Um, I think, sorry, the, the pastry chef uh, who was working there before me, um, had entered and won and it was kind of a running thing that people you know the chefs from Gibo's entered so um there was a lot of kind of training involved we we developed this dessert and the um i remember like uh the um the theme of of the competition was stressed which is desserts backwards <laughs> like oh, oh my god yeah so i was like okay like what does that mean to me and i was just like coffee like um yeah. so yeah we developed this dessert with coffee four different types of chocolate tonka bean like all these different uh, elements and i remember like cuz the Gibos is in the Marion hotel so mm-hmm. um paul kelly who's mm. the pastry chef in the Marion, like i remember giving it to him to taste and he was like, it needs a bit of fruit. And I just looked at my head chef and my head chef was like, you need to go with your gut. If you don't think it needs fruit, mm. then just go for it. And I didn't. And uh, yeah, like I did the competition, um, really focused, like was really prepared. I used to go in on my days off mm. and make this dessert start to finish because we had four hours for the competition. Yeah. So I used to go in at like 8 a.m. on a Sunday morning to Gibo's and just time myself and like just make it start to finish and then like taste it and like critique myself. Mm. And then, um, yeah, I did the competition, won the competition, which was amazing. I got to go to France as the, the prize was to eat in a three star of my choice. No way. Yeah, but, yeah, but by myself, which was like a bit like... You that know. sounds even better. Yeah, yeah. Me <laughs> yeah. and Marcus always talk about eating on our own. It's yeah. amazing. But I suppose, yeah, obviously in France, yeah. That's such a weird one. Just be like, your prize is a dinner well, no. of solitude. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got to go to the Valrona um, chocolate school and do like a course there that was uh, yeah. like paid for or whatever. And then, yeah, tasting menu in a, in a three star. So, But of your choice. Yes, but it had to be in a certain uh, like 
the training the school was in Paris so yeah. I had to kind of choose somewhere in Paris and obviously like how many Michelin star restaurants are in Paris yeah. so um, obviously many. with availability like um, yeah I chose chose one um, Le Doyen which is Yannick Aleno's yeah. uh, restaurant oh, yeah. on the Champs-Élysées and actually Mark Moriarty knows him because <laughs> which is so weird we I talked we, about him last week we actually, were yeah. talking about Mark when I was over there it was so weird it's such a small world it's, but like um, do you know it's it, like I've seen pictures of the inside of that restaurant and yeah. it's just like it is French opulence like, it is well like, no like I went I walked I, in am, or am I thinking of another no it is and I walked in and I was like what am I doing here like yeah. this is so weird and the head chef Yannick comes out like, mm. and he's like oh what are you doing by yourself? And I was like there in like a little dress. I was like, oh, I'm just, um, I'm here from Dublin, you know. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm just having a tasting menu for one. I said I was in Valrhona or whatever. And he was like, oh, you come and have some champagne with me in the bar. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So we go and we're having these canapes and we're having this champagne. And I'm just like, this is great. And we're having the chats. Mm. And he's like, you're a pastry chef. And he was like, send me your CV. I was like, what? <laughs> this yeah. is so weird. It's but happening. Again. <laughs> it's happening. But, but the, the meal was stunning. And yeah. at the end, like he invited me into his like um, private dining room like with this couple that he was dining mm. with and we all had like they were French and we yeah. had like dessert wine and we had dessert and I was like this is amazing like there was a champagne trolley like it was <sighs> just stunning like there was but I think it, it's a very it, it was a very they had their own particular style mm. um, but it, the experience was amazing obviously yeah I think that's a yeah it's a, it's a really I've never I don't think I've ever eaten in a three star yeah, no. I've been to play. I've been to. Oh, I have been to one. I've been to Eleven Madison Park. Oh yeah, but oh, yeah. I was not. I sat at the bar, so I didn't get the full the full experience. Sit down. But, but it is like when you look at you know a lot of the Alain Ducasse restaurants and everything. Like it's just it's insane. Yeah, it just looks bonkers. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Alan Ducasse have a three star in London in the Dorchester. Yeah, I ate there a few years ago, and it, they had this like um, crystal private dining room. It was just these like chandeliers of like crystal, where there was like a table and chairs in there, and you could like dine in there if you want, and yeah. you could choose what crockery you wanted to eat on. <laughs> what? Like it was mental. Like that's just like it's pure opulence. Mm. That's just. Do, do, do you know what? At what point? Does it become diminishing returns? Does it become like kind of ah, just give me a fucking plate, Alan? Go on. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the lo- like one. I think he was doing this like truffle pairing, so there was like not pairing, but there was truffle in like every dish. Yeah, and obviously that's amazing, but you get to a point where you're just like, I just want something like without truffle, please. Just, yeah. <laughs> like I'll have the lobster without the truffle. Yeah, like just hold the truffle, please. <laughs> no, yeah. but I mean it's I I suppose with the with fine dining like it is uh, an occasion and. You know, most chefs I know just actually just want really tasty, simple food but to eat. This is something I wanted to ask you, kind of going from consistently intense and high level executive chef jobs, head pastry jobs, to now cooking at home for yourself. Mm. What are you cooking? What are you enjoying? What, Like, w- without the pressures of expectation of a professional kitchen or customers on the other side of the pass, what are you enjoying cooking for yourself? Like, I'm not cooking sweet things. I'm not baking cakes. Like, I do them for work, but that's work. Like, yeah. that's a job. Like, I much prefer savoury food. And if I go out to eat, I don't really order dessert. I'll get cheese. Like... I guarantee you that there's, like, a whole cohort of scared, shitless pastry <laughs> chefs in the country just being like, oh, my God, my menu shit. She didn't order dessert. <laughs> no, but, like... Just, if you're listening to this and you've ever felt like that, it's just been clarified. It's okay. It's okay. You no, know? I think for curiosity, yeah, you order mm. it. But, like, I much prefer savoury. And I would cook... Like just like rustic, tasty bits of food, like really nice fish, really good roast chicken. Like I love sharing plates, like mm. you know, just mm. tasty bits and bobs, like that you can just all dig into, and you know, just enjoy. Like yeah, it is. Like, that's. Would you ever kind of go back and do? Because you're so known as a as a pastry chef. Would you mm. ever go back and do? Kind of go back into the savory world. Would you go into anything like that? Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be off the table, but in terms of like working as a chef in a in a kitchen, mm. I don't know because I feel like I've come so far as one thing that it's just kind of like, well, you'd have to start again then, and mm-hmm. like, like I mean, I can't break down a cow, like, or yeah. do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not good at butchery, mm-hmm. or yeah. you know, you learn them in college, but I mean, but you know, that's like, something that I every, break down a cow. <laughs> like, every every single job that you've described going into has been because you didn't know how to do it. No, absolutely. Yeah. Like I wouldn't say I wouldn't say never, but I mean I enjoy cooking yeah. tasty dinner at home. Like I don't mm. want that to be my job. 
Okay. Oh, that's actually, that's really, that's an interesting way of looking at it, yeah. Because people are like, oh my God, you bake cakes for a living. Like, that's so amazing. I'm like, I don't sit there and eat all the cakes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't sit there and enjoy them all. Like, I taste them. See, that's them. my problem. Yeah, yeah. No, but I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but when it's your job, like, okay, you guys are in food. Mm. You love food. But when it's your job and it's the same thing every day, like, you're taste, I'm tasting sweet things, when, like, all day. I don't mm-hmm. want something sweet. Mm-hmm. I want something savoury. And I, I enjoy the process of making, like, pasta or making, like, a really tasty fish mm-hmm. or, like, whatever else. Mm-hmm. I, I love that because process. Because it's not work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because people, like, bake as a therapeutic kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, like, for me, it's, it is it is a job, isn't it? You know. Mm-hmm. Just a reminder that we're available everywhere you'd normally get your podcasts and, of course, Headstuff Podcasts. We're part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, and if you'd like to support us, you now can through Headstuff Plus. Uh, this week's cross-promo on the Headstuff Network is what would you do if... So they get right into deeper stuff like what would you do if your partner cheated on you? And then it goes to much more survivalist stuff like what would you do if a bear attacked you? What would you do if a bear attacked you? Uh, I'd listen to the what would you do if... And then <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the trailer. This is What Would You Do If? The podcast to answer all of your What Would You Do If? questions. It's Callum and Jess here and every week we look at how we'd handle different situations. Before finding out what you should do if you're in them. So far we've looked at What would you do if you saw someone stealing? A bear attacked you. The baby started choking. You were stuck in a lift. You can hear those episodes and loads more on headstuffpodcast.com with a new one every Monday. As we mentioned at the top of the show, we are sponsored by the wonderful Tato. Tato are an iconic Irish brand that loves supporting Irish. So this brings us to the crispy bits. Um, Aoife, I'd like tell, basically the crispy bits is the bit of the show where we're talking about what you're excited about right now. Projects you're working on, things you've got, maybe beans you want to spill about something you've got going on. Um, so yeah, Tonka beans. Tonka Spill beans. those beans. <laughs> Spill the beans. Um, well, well, yeah, why are you Tonka beans are so underappreciated, let me just say. There you go, beans They're spilled. beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Those beans are spilled. Those um, beans are spilled. So what are you working on at the moment that maybe that, that you're excited about? Yeah, well, I've, I mean, there's a few things on the go at the moment. Um, I am writing for the Irish Times. I'm working with Kenwood. I'm mm-hmm. their brand ambassador now, which that. is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm doing some more work with Avonmore Professional okay. as their brand ambassador. Um, and that's, so the all that, those kind of recipes and that portfolio hasn't been released yet. So that's coming up in a few months. And yeah, I mean, I'm potentially starting something. Um, oh. Yeah, um, but it's still very early days. And um, I mean we're spilling those beans but like I mean I can't really say much more because mm. it's not I don't really have too much more to tell okay as of yet watch this space but we could just yeah. say keep an eye on your socials That's keep what, an yeah. eye on everything that yeah. you're doing yeah I mean I feel like there's more there's definitely more that I can do and I don't think uh, people have seen that yet so mm. what is your uh, your Instagram handle it's Ifanunan underscore. Ifanunan underscore. Mm. So keep an eye on that and you might see some more being spilled very soon. Absolutely. <laughs> As we approach the end of the podcast, first of all, it's been so interesting having, having you on and kind of learning you. about where you've come from. And it's just been like, because we've known each other for a few years, like very yeah. much through Taste of Dublin, through cooking events, through awards and through everything like that. And it's really kind of getting a better idea of where you come from and kind of like where, where you the journey you've had and kind of all these little accidental twists and turns, but the thing that's really, really just very obvious is that you just need to work and you love knowing things. Like, it's really, it's incredible. Like, it's genuinely, like like we've had on so many guests on That's Bangin', the passion mm. that's there is mm. amazing. It's fucking stuff. It's powerful. <laughs> just can't even put it into words. I'm going into a Jean Bonbeur. Jean Bonbeur. <laughs> but yeah, it's amazing. So, yeah, Generally, I think there's a real eagerness to learn with you, and like it, it's, you need to what you want to take on more and more knowledge, so you yeah. can kind of grow as a person as well. I don't know. I was actually talking about this the other day. Like I, ha- I do, and I think a lot of people as well mm. in the sh- in the chef industry or the, the food world, like they have this like drive. They don't. I don't know where it's come from, but it's mm. like it's just this kind of drive to, like push yourself. And um, I don't know. I don't know where it's come from. If it, if it was something that came from whatever when I was younger, like. I was only saying the other day, I, I have a, a black belt in karate, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
plot twist. Hang on. Bass no, no. guitarist black belt. No, no, no. No, no, right? But but I, I, I started karate when I was like eight. Yeah. And I got my black belt when I was maybe 14. And I did like world competitions and stuff. And I, Hang on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, but no, but I feel like from that Marcus. <laughs> Child protege. Like literally, no, there's no, been no. so many twists and turns of being like, I don't know how to break down a cow. Maybe no. you do with your bare fucking hands. <laughs> no, but I feel like from a young age, like I had this drive and I don't know what it was. Like I did competitions. Mm. I went in there. I was like, I'm going to win. Yeah. And, I, and I did. And I got that little gold medal and I came home. And I don't know if it was like this kind of just drive to just push on and like just yeah. not be the best, but like just do what you can and like do your best um and you know i had a like a severe illness when i was younger as well um which yeah was was pretty difficult but like i feel like you know when you come through that you're just kind of like oh hey well i, I you know i'm just gonna push on and like yeah. can do anything. you just have this drive yeah. like you know i don't know so maybe that's where it's come from are you wow. still beating people up now no i don't do it anymore <laughs> like but i do have to <laughs> no, do you know what it's gone from like okay you hit someone they have a bruise and heals you get someone addicted to sugar and butter, <laughs> that's how you really fuck them up, okay? Oh, God, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Patisserie oh. is just the, yeah, and you know, like, you're kneading bread with your fists and just... Yeah. Yeah, oh. that's... um. Right, so... Well, just uh, the twists twist. keep on turning. So, um, Aoife, if the country opened up tomorrow and you get to go out there, you get to do your thing, you get to do whatever you want... Where's your first evening out going to be? Where are you going to book into? Oh. Where's your favourite places to wine and dine? Oh, God. Um, I mean, there's a few. I really love Una Mass. I love little tasty bits. Yeah, yeah. beautiful. I love, uh, like, Alta. I got. I haven't been in to eat there, like, as a restaurant, but I did get their box a while ago, and it was just stunning, like, like really tasty food. And I've, I worked with you. I worked with Kev in uh, mm. in uh, Patrick Ebo's as well. Yeah. And the stuff they're doing is amazing. Um, where else? Rosa Madre is always great. Always mm. great. You know, just yeah. really tasty food. Um, Luca looks after you. Like oh, he does. Like mm. nothing. Like nowhere else. <laughs> yeah. um, is there anywhere outside of outside of Ireland that you mm. go to? Um, yeah. I mean, I'd love to go to Core um, in Notting Hill. Claire Smith. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'd love to go there. Um, I mean. There's a few places in London which I would go back to. The Ledbury would be one, but obviously, well, that's closed now. Is, it, is, it, is there I don't rumblings know. of something happening? Potentially, rum- mm. I don't know. But I always had an amazing uh, meal there, and that's well, that's one place I would always go back to. But yeah. Core, I suppose, is the one that I would love to go to. Yeah. Have you been? I haven't been. Okay, no. Okay. Yeah, it's somewhere that I'd absolutely love, love, love to Same. go. We, yeah, let's go. Let's, can, we, can we? That'd be amazing. Yeah. Hey, Claire. Um, yeah, because hey. Mar- Mark Moriarty was on last week, was talking about Claire Smith mentoring him yeah. in that. And it's just like, I can't, she, she's such an incredible chef. Yeah. But it's also like kind of that that Gordon Ramsay alumnus that's kind of like everyone who's coming out of that. Yeah, it's and just like, amazing. It's just, it's it's insane. But like she has gone on her and uh, uh, Helen DeRose, yeah. who recently got her third star. Yeah. Um, are just like this, this new generation of like really just incredible female chefs mm-hmm. that are breaking all these kind of breaking all these molds yeah. in the industry and it's fucking incredible to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. the fact that it was the two of them that got the three stars and in their speeches, I don't know if you saw them in mm-hmm. the ceremony or whatever, but the um you know, they both were just kind of talking to to female chefs and they said yeah. like, you know, we can do it, so can you. And I think like that's something that needs to be encouraged a lot more. So it was great that they they kind of highlighted that. One hundred percent. Brilliant. Do you see that? Is that happening in Ireland? Just quickly, do you see it? Um, yeah, I think yeah, absolutely. There's amazing female chefs out mm-hmm. there, and any chef, any female chef I've worked with has just been an absolute machine, like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like machines, like, and they're all just amazing and so dedicated and passionate. So yeah, I definitely think it's something that is. I think is coming it's, up. I think it's something that Ratatouille hit on the head. Is uh, like you know the, the, oh my god I'm totally for, forgetting your name uh, the female chef from Ratatouille but she's like how do you think I got here in the kitchen because I have to work twice as hard yeah. and, work, and it's just like it's fucking like yeah every- but my uh, head chef or executive chef in Gibos I remember he said that to me he was like I love working with girls and I was like what and he was like yeah like if you give it to a guy Mm-hmm. in the kitchen he'll just get really pissed off but if you give it to a girl she'll go down have a little cry and come back and be like absolutely just you know go for it like and mm. be 10 times better and I don't know what it is like about this like male male female chef thing obviously we don't have time to talk about that yeah but like you know I think women yeah they do have a have a have a drive and definitely you know 
I think even just kind of talking to a few female friends, chefs of mine in London. Yeah. And seeing just like all these female-led kitchens and incredible, just like stuff that kind of maybe started with Margot Henderson and kind of all that, that culture of like just, it's just, it's so different. It's breaking all the, like the toxic masculinity that exists in kitchens and it's amazing to see. Like mm. it's really, yeah. it's where I think, and it reflects in the food so much as well. That it's not this ego-driven, you know, dick-swinging competition on a plate. It's just, yeah, it's amazing. So I think that's very important for the industry as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So so we'll finish off with a very, well, I suppose this week, we, this week actually, it, it actually fits in quite well it does fit. with the dessert queen. So mm. this is a, a little section that I like to call the devil's dessert. <laughs> so just if, if it's your first time listening to that spang, and one night Chris and I were enjoying some uh, lovely, lovely glasses of Guinness and, um, in, a, in, a, in a pub called Antisocial. And... Um, <laughs> He turned around to me and goes, man, this podcast we're going to start, you need to do is, you need to say it. And I was like, say what? And he's like, the devil's dessert. And I said, and I was like, the devil's dessert. <laughs> um, I was like, what does that mean? He's like, it's basically like a death row meal, but it's the devil's dessert. We were very drunk as well. <laughs> I think we'd just been kicked out of the Choice Music Awards. We have just been kicked out of the Choice Music Awards. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so the, te- the concept of the devil's dessert is, you know, Imagine you just walk out of the studio today and the devil's standing there. He's like, are we even the owner? Don't worry. <laughs> Wait, that's the devil. But he's uh, basically like, you have one more meal. What are you doing? Like, okay. and you, you can have one more meal. Uh, it can be anything in the world. What are you having? Um, can it be a few bits and bobs? Like, oh, you can go as many. Like a, a, like a three-course meal? Like, you can go little tasty bits. It can be. Tasty bits. Yeah. I think I'd start with a nice champagne. Uh, has to. Um, yeah, have and to. then. To start, I suppose, do you know if you've ever had like a really like perfectly juicy ripe peach? Oh my God. <laughs> do you know what? <laughs> Wait. No, but Marcus, yeah. you know no, what no, I'm no, talking about. Look at Marcus's face. No, like, look like, at him. He knows. Like, fruit and veg in Ireland are, is shit. <laughs> like, you know, you go yeah, down to like France. most conventional supermarkets and like you're getting this tasteless, horrible, like just watery ball. Mm. But like, you, yeah, you go to like France or Italy and you, you pick a lemon off a it. tree or a peach mm. or an yeah. apricot and you eat it and it like, it cascades yeah. down you. Yes. You wear a bib. Then so, you get stung by a wasp. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened to me as a child. <laughs> I got stung on the lip by a wasp oh after, my God. Eat, after eating a peach. No way. <laughs> so this is a bit, peach all over. It's a bit traumatizing for you to discuss. Yeah. Um, so it would have maybe pe- peaches and like a really nice burrata. Oh, yeah. And like really like silky, like yeah. just, you know, gooey burrata mm-hmm. and like maybe some salty cured ham. Yeah. Um, and like just have that as like a nice little summer salad, like yeah. summer salad, whatever, whenever time of year it is. But No, listen, it can be um, summer. Yeah, you can be anywhere in the world that you're eating this. Okay, delightful. And maybe it's a little like prawn pill pill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Like I'm, I like a prawn now, and like with a bit of. Are like we talking big fat prawns? Yes. Loads of garlic. Yes. Loads garlic, of garlic, chili. What's the chili parsley. level in there? Uh, not like crazy spicy, because yeah. I want to enjoy my main course, Marcus. Okay. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. but um, like really nice and nice crusty bread to mop up yeah. those juices. Like a bit of yeah. lemon on the top, really mm. good. I think everyone delightful. just like adores a good prawn pill with loads of garlic. Doesn't oh my like, god! Just, some people just don't like seafood, but mm. also yeah, like I think we need to eat more prawns. Those little mm. spineless sea <laughs> creatures, <laughs> just sexy <laughs> spineless. <bat. laughs> <laughs> just call him a sexy spineless bastard. Oh, oh. Sorry, Tato. <laughs> um, and anyway, so yeah, prawns pill, pill. Okay, okay. And then maybe like as a main course, like a sharing kind of maybe like a slow roast lamb yeah. shoulder with like a flatbread and like lots of salads and bits and bobs. Like a bit of Greek salad, bit yeah. of like a bit oh, of hummus. Some like Greek oh, potatoes yeah. underneath, like oh really God, lemony, yeah. minty. Oh like, yeah, lots yeah. of mint. Yeah. Really, really tasty. Like yeah. just te- like everyone hands in, tear it up. Like yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, family style is, yeah. is the way. Mm. Like it's just, yeah. yeah. Just get yourself a little plate and just help yeah. yourself. Yeah, so it's a nice wine. Yeah. And then... Controversially, I probably wouldn't get have dessert as my last meal. Although, well, no, let's put dessert in there. But I'd have cheese as well. Okay, so let's mm-hmm. talk cheeses. What, what's your what's the stables of your cheese plate? Okay, um, I had this really amazing thirty six month old Comte, oh which is just probably the best thing I've ever had. Um, I do like a nice little truffle brie, maybe, a truffle brie. and a little uh, maybe um, Killeen's goat's cheddar is pretty good. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, like I'm not mad on blue. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But just like a few tasty bits. Like, yeah. um, a few tasty. There's a lot of bread, tasty bits going on here. Yeah, a few yeah. olives. Like, just no, nice, just nice bits. Just nice yeah. bits. What's your favorite kind of bread? What kind of bread mm. are you going here? Maybe like a country style, like olive malt loaf or something. (laughs) 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 Like with like a granary kind of vibe. Like, do you know, like, but crusty. Yeah. Do you know what? This is amazing because so many other people on the devil's are just like, oh, just have a Calippo. (laughs) 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 A Calippo. I don't know. It's the first thing that popped into my head. (laughs) No one has said Calippo, but that's the kind of vibe. And here you're like (laughs) describing the greatest meal of all time yeah, yeah I think this could be my favourite devil's dessert <gasps> yeah, yes. no, I think, yeah I, me too yeah this has been so up my alley I love you just yeah. you started with a drink as well which no, no one really does and that's like you know you I gotta think start it with the every, drink. every amazing meal should start with champagne you know yeah. absolutely mm. um, and then yeah so that's the cheese course and then I think we'll do dessert after I had this really amazing it was like this soaked brioche with like roast pineapple in um, dinner by Heston a few years ago oh, in London I've had it oh. Had Isn't it. it unreal? I've, it's amazing. The, uh, what's it called? The, the, the tipsy cake? No. Yes, uh, yeah, yes that that's it. it. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Sorry, I don't even think it's brioche. It's yeah, like... It's, it's... Oh, my God. It's, it's um, like this moist, I've seen like, it. kind of soaked, <laughs> creamy, like... It almost has, like, a baba-ish kind yes. of texture, like, because it, it retains its kind of spongy yeah. bounciness. Yeah. But then when you walk in... Like in classic Heston style, there's like it's theater, you know. It's oh my like, god! And I remember eating it, just kind of like, oh my god, I don't want this to end. No, it was like so stunning. Good. And so you, you can see the pineapples from anywhere in yes, the dining room. Yeah. Oh, that that's a that I I would eat there. I'd fuck with that. That's that's fun. Take that. That was a good Calippo. dessert. What a meal! <laughs> <laughs> what a meal. Yeah, I think that would be it. Well, that's uh, so we started <laughs> off with champagne, a peach burrata, and maybe let's go a little jamón belota. Mm. Yeah, mm. Um, we've got a roast lamb with some flatbreads, some hummus, Greek mm. salad, some Greek salads, mm. some bits. Yeah, then we've got some cheese. We've got a, a goat's cheddar. We've got no blue. Blue no. is off the table. <laughs> um, yeah, we've got some the, some the other bread. Bits. <laughs> the, the Comte, yeah. The bleeding bread. Com- the bread. Com- Comte that has been aged in a cave. <laughs> cave cheese. Delicious cavey fromage. Yeah, I think that would be it. That's That would make me pretty happy, I think. Yeah. Do you know what? I think like pff, anyone could die happy yeah. after that. That would be... Wow. Wonderful, wonderful. Eva, thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks That was brilliant. We really enjoyed that. Thank you. Uh, oh, thanks, thank you for guys. coming on. And um, t- tell us, so Eva Noonan underscore on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, anywhere else we can check you out. Anything else, sure, you're going uh, every week in the Irish Times. Yes. Super, super. Um, thank you to our beautiful sponsors, Tato. Uh, Tato have two amazing flavors out at the moment. So we've talked about them before. It's the Philly cheesesteak and the beef brisket. And they've also just launched their cheese of teas, which I mentioned last week. Which so, so think chicka tea, except cheesy cheesy. Mm. Yeah, so <laughs> check them out soon. And thank you to Tato as ever. Um, I've got it. Go for it. Ethan Noonan is karate chopping. <laughs> <laughs> and we're that spanging. <laughs> This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.